was a good sound but a terrible pour oh yeah 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 well i was going for the for the effect the effect how's it going it is going yeah that we had this is the first time we've recorded since like before since Christmas, last right? year yeah, yeah. Before, i think this is the first recording Christmas. of this year yeah. <laughs> um i'm actually gonna turn my headphones down a little bit um what have you guys been up to <laughs> surviving <laughs> Yeah, um, I've actually done a little bit of project stuff. Um, I put new rear brake pads on the Corolla. They've been ru- I've been running the street and autocross pads this entire time on the rear because the rears don't really do much. Porterfields or yeah, the porterfields. Yeah. Um, they started chunking like the pads like like started blistering and chunking. So wow. I put the the ooh. Heard. So I put the uh, the the full R4 track compound pads on the rear. Not that I think they're I need the extra clamping force. I might actually have to dial them down yeah. more, but um, just be so they don't die from the heat. I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. So you think you think the heat caused them to? I suspect so. Okay, I got you. Um, I also bought a set of. Uh, wheel arch trim from the UK for a Mark II Golf um, and modified them and made them fit. The front turned out really nice. The rear I'm not super stoked on, but I don't want to spend money on shipping to get another pair to chop up again. Right I, didn't, now. I didn't know that you had actually worked on that yet. Yeah, it's done. Oh, cool. Um, the, re- the rears I'm not super stoked on, but the fronts turned out really good. Uh, gained me quite a bit of of clearance inside the wheel arches, especially in the rear, because the 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 rears, if you run two oh fives on those cars, it's regardless of wheel offset, like I'm maybe two millimeters from the strut with the tire right now. Um there's just no room. Um and the the factory wheel arch trim is attaches in such a way that you can't roll the fenders with the factory arch trim on there. So that had to come off and things had to get very aggressive with the fender roller. Um, did you, so you didn't, you didn't cut the fenders, not in the rear. I did in the front, um, the rear, I didn't feel like going that far with it yet. Cause I'd have to weld the two pieces back together from, for the quarter panel. Oh, okay. Um, which I, I could do if I end up running two twenty fives at some point in the future, I will do that. What would you have to weld? Oh, oh, like the outer the back outer, to the inner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I got you. two layers. I got you. Um, but, so the two layers actually meet like literally at, at the end of the mm-hmm. lip. Wow, okay. We, that's what we did on um, Billy's S13 as well. When we put his fender flares on, we had to chop several inches out of that arch and then like fillet it in like a bunch of lines, yeah. bend it all together and re-weld it so that you, the, the rear quarters are one piece again. Um, so that's done. They're painted. Um, I use like Duplicolor Paint Match paint, which I've had really good luck with in the past, but apparently since then... The paint has refaded, so it doesn't match as well as I had hoped. <laughs> oh no! Uh, but it's it's not bad. It's not bad for you know it's custom track car or whatever. Um, custom faded. Custom faded. I also replaced the axle 
the last remaining old axle on my trailer with a new one. So I'll feel more com- confident going to like New Jersey this year. Did you, it's the same weight class. I don't as far know, as you know, I don't know what weight class the old axles were because ah. they're like unmarked, no name. Like I think they're boat axles from like the early eighties and they, the bearings and hubs and stuff, they don't make anymore. So I swapped to the other axle to have much more conventional stuff. So if I do toast a bearing now, I can literally go to an advanced auto parts and yeah. get a bearing off yeah. the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew that's why you were doing it. I just didn't know if, uh, you know. So that's that's done. The the I need to the the where the the double axles are located on the trailer. They're they're actually forward of center by a couple of inches, which is very that's bad. Yeah. Um. I need to move them back at least a foot. So that would require drilling some holes through that steel that is going to basically take every drill bit that I own and turn it into nothing. I I think that you're overestimating that the difficulty of drilling through that. However, maybe uh, do you have to move them both back, or can you do like a leapfrog? Thing? Yeah, why, why wouldn't you just have mounted the front axle behind the both of the axles and the leaf springs and everything attaches to to brackets that are then bolted to the frame of the trailer? So literally, all I, all I need to do is unbolt those two brackets and then move them back a foot, drill so their holes, and bolt them back on. So both axles are on one mm-hmm. leaf spring. It's, side. it's two two leaf springs with a pivot in the middle, actually, on each side. Okay. Yeah. But because because then if he just moves one axle behind the I other wouldn't, one, I literally then... couldn't do that because they're bolted to this yeah. frame oh, or these okay. brackets. So it, it's 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 literally I'd need to drill three big holes and two small holes. Yeah. On each yeah. side. Yeah. But. It's thick ass steel, so I don't know. Yeah, so what, didn't you say this was a military trailer? No, it was a homemade trailer from the oh, 80s. Okay. I think it was probably a kit or a template that somebody followed. Do you know how big the bolts are? Maybe half inch. Probably half inch. I I think that I think that we can drill through it pretty easily. My my initial thought was to tow it over to. Uh, Jacob Corbin's place and have him just spend two minutes with a plasma cutter and just blast. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the move. Um, But if I can do it myself, because I've got it on my carport jacked up like on jack stands right now. So this would be the time to do it if I can do it myself. So we'll see. Even if he can just get you like a tiny little pinhole, like maybe not necessarily the whole circle, because that's kind of I mean, maybe people, maybe people can do it, but I can't with the plasma cutter, like actually define a circle. Yeah, it's it tough. usually just ends up being like a, a you know, a puddled mess. Mm-hmm. But if he can even just get you like a, a small hole and then, you know, you can, that's just getting through that and then stepping up. Yeah, I, I would definitely be stepping up easier. a lot. That's, yeah. that's not a terrible idea, but what ends up happening is you end up heat treating the steel around the hole and then you can't drill through it. That's how you cook a drill bit. That actually to, makes a lot to of go, sense. To, go, to use a drill bit uh, to cut through the, for 100% of the cut is pro- would probably end up being easier. Unless you could get a perfect plasma cut, like, you know, laser straight through the steel. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying is just, like, let him, let him just set it there and then zap until it just penetrates. And then I, I guess... That was, that, I, was that, my, is, that was just a thought that I had. I, I'm probably going to try drilling first just to see how it goes and just start small and work my way up yeah 
do it do you, it do it in three steps start with like um some quarter inch something, or something. tiny yeah. quarter inch three eighths something like that we'll start by hammering a pilot you know oh yeah, yeah. for sure because I mean, any anything that you can get to start getting into the oh, metal yeah, yeah. is a huge benefit yeah for sure uh and then yeah you definitely i mean i might even if it's like really really hard steel it's not I've, that hard. It's just it's just really thick. That's the main. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I was able to drill through it to uh, attach zip tie points for my wiring with small drill bits. Um, so I I might be overthinking this a bit. I'm but. I'm. I would like to help you if you would okay appreciate the help. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'd be happy to come help you. Uh, drilling holes is fun. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely want a. You definitely want to have a, a good set of drill bits, though. You'll, you'll, it's worth the money to buy good drill bits. It is more worth the money than the time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, um, you will only end up more frustrated and uh, just waste days with cheap drill bits. Than- I basically have resigned myself to buying a, the, like the, the 30 or $40 set of drill bits from like DeWalt every year is basically what i do i just buy one every year wow uh i would i would go spend the 15 dollars on a single half inch drill bit you guys at, are crazy i, I would probably at, I, i'm probably going to buy the one good drill bit and then work my way up with the shitty ones what, to the what one do you good one. what do you i mean i i spent um i, I it was over 200 dollars on a set of carbide drill bits from matco mm-hmm. but they're warranted for life so you know, I spent the money yeah. one time, yeah. and even if they go dull, they'll replace them for me for free. I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, forget about this fifty dollars thing or whatever. Is you know, spend spend some. <clears throat> and drill honestly, money I, and... usually that thirty dollars is spent when the three eighths drill bit, which is the biggest one in the pack or whatever it is, the three three. I think it's three eighths is no. the biggest one in there. I don't know. Whatever the biggest one in that yeah. little multi-pack is. When that one goes dull, oh. I go buy another one because that's the one I use the most. Fair enough. Oh, uh, I also had to bore... This is real sketchy. Don't do this at home. Um, <laughs> the the center bore on my trailer wheels was slightly too small to go over the new hubs, um, which I ran into the same issue when I put the other axle on, but I took hours with a dremel and some small carbide bits to just kind of lightly take away a couple millimeters and it worked but it sucked so this time i went and i bought a uh proper um die grinder from harbor freight and a actual like aluminum carbide bit from mcmaster for like 16 dollars dude like two seconds per wheel un believable how yeah. much material that thing was, will take it's off. almost like buying the proper cutting tool and spending a little <laughs> bit of money on it saves hey, you time yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what when it's, it's 11 o'clock and i want to get this done i'll use whatever i gotta I, use. I, I hear you i hear you but go to fastenal right on the counter at fastenal is like the i it's like a norwegian brand i can't think of the name of it right now but they sell like these amazing drill bits in onesies and twosies or you can buy the whole like you know million dollar pack or whatever Sure, and they're just really great drill bits. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I actually don't have any idea what they what they cost, but yeah. I I recognize the brand name and I know that it is good. Yeah, uh, the um when I was working when I was working at Full Wheel Parts, I got I got those carbide um, 
die grinder bits also it's i mean the metal comes off in like chips huge yeah and it's crazy it, and it's the because the ones i was using were meant for like steel so they're a really fine tooth and they would just get oh. gummed up by the aluminum. yeah 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 so i got like a like a coarse bit aluminum one and it man yeah holy yeah, crap sure. yeah i that's what i i spent hours and hours and hours and hours behind a die grinder at Wyotech porting oh, and polishing yeah. cylinder heads um, I spent probably two weeks of my life just every day in the shop die grinding on, uh, I did a, a Ford 302 cylinder head as practice, like to learn on, uh, and my professor, the, not professor, professor is the wrong word, uh, instructor came behind, uh, behind me and was like, how did you get this, this thin? I was like, what? And he's like, you're almost into the water jackets on every single one. I was like, I don't know, man. He's like real careful. He's like these heads are basically scrap. Like they're just here for you to mess up on. And I'm shocked that you're not into the into the water jackets on these. But after I got all that practice in, I did a uh, a 24 valve Cummins head. Ooh, and I spent like 50 hours on it or something Mm. like that. Like it was it was nuts. Was it usable after you were done? Yeah, I mean the the dude. uh, It was for for a fellow student. He just had a spare head and he was. Working on, you know, some 1,200 foot-pound, you know, uh, crazy build the, for pulling, I think. The cylinder heads on the uh, GT500, the or uh, GT350, the, um, the Voodoo motor, those cylinder heads are CNC ported from the factory, which is pretty rad. You, like, pretty you cool. take the intake off, and you're like, ooh. Like, you get the, the nice little ridges. And mm-hmm, stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, so, it's rad. The... I don't know what that means. So instead of like hand porting, it's done with a CNC machine. Like they enter the program into the computer and it ports it all the way in, in stages. So you actually get like the, you can see the tool path. Oh, okay. So that's what you mean by ridges. Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant it was like finned for. Well, I mean, having, having that little bit of texture there is actually good for flow as well. Okay. Like the golf ball effect. Right. That's, that's what I thought you were. You want, you want a little bit of texture, but. The raw sand casting is too much texture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so for you, sure. you, you want to knock it off and, and, and smooth corners and things like that. Um, but then, well, think, but then you leave like a, like a 40 or 80 grit sanding, you know, usually. Okay. But by hand, you would, I'm sure, off mm-hmm. the machine, it is probably, is probably fine. But it's, it's not as smooth as I would have thought, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's really impressive machine work to look at. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure it is. On the exhaust side, you want it like mirror polished. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, less to, less, less surface area to reflect mm-hmm. heat. Yeah. yeah for exactly. Sure, for sure. Yeah. I, I guess I always assumed that the the biggest benefit to porting was matching the actual like edges of the intake manifold it is. to the cylinder. That's, it is. That's that like it, the first step of porting. Yeah. Is that, to match, that and then you can the open. Porting. That is the porting. Yeah. Yeah. In the porting and polishing. Right. Yeah. Guatney yeah. has a service where if you send them cylinder heads and also a the MSD like atomic intake manifold you can get for L team and LS motors, they will port both of them together and just give you yeah, like port all, matching. all no like open up the pla- they'll port the plastic and the aluminum together to make it even bigger mm-hmm. port matching yeah but it, in addition to that they they open it up more. 
rather than just matching one to the other. Okay. But it's okay. like, you, so you already take this crazy aftermarket plastic intake manifold and make it even crazier, and it, it, it's bananas. Uh, um, did you want to do your amendments first? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so last last episode we were talking about the Veloster N, and you mentioned that it starts at 28,000, mm-hmm. which is not true. It starts Not at, true anymore. Yeah, okay, so in 2019 or whatever you said. It yeah, like when it first came out, it started around in the, the mid to high 20s, but I think that that price has since gone up. Well, it's 32,000 now. If you go to the Gosh. Hyundai USA website right now, it starts at 32,000 and I That's couldn't even find I couldn't even find any options like there's not even selectable yeah. options for it right now. Really? Um, so I I don't know if that means it comes with the well, I'm sorry. It does have options. You have either a manual option or a DSG option. Mm-hmm. But you do not have the I think you mentioned pack. like a yeah, like a LSD yeah. option. When it, when it first came out it was like the N Sport package or something. It added the torque vectoring diff and yeah. I think a couple other things. I maybe believe jumped that, the power a little bit, maybe. I believe but, that that, door, that diff is standard now because it's not selectable anymore. That it, it was like a two or three thousand dollar package that explains the price. Hike. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was I was wondering if that's what you meant. Um, and then we were talking about Miatas, um, and you made the claim that the the NC Miata is like so much heavier than the NBs. And I didn't stuff. say it's it is the heaviest Miata. It's not that much heavier, but it is heavier. But depending and on it's ugly as. F- <laughs> Well, I mean, notwithstanding the 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 weight difference between the NC and the ND NB and the NC is two hundred pounds max, and that's like for the lightest option NB versus the heaviest option the RF NC, or whatever they call the the hardtop power hardtop. So which if, which makes it like the in the NB was like two hundred pounds heavier than the NA. Okay. Yeah. Really? 200 so the, pounds heavier yeah, than the NA? Yeah. So wow, the NC okay. is like 400 to 500 pounds heavier than an NA, like mm-hmm. a base NA. And then the ND is like almost back to NA weight. Yeah. So yeah. it's a pretty significant difference. I, I realize that the ND is obviously the best option because, I mean, let's face it. It's, it's as long as the, As long as the transmissions last. I've heard bad well, things. Don't you just get this? Is, didn't they fix that in the second series? All they changed was they added a, a heavier dual mass flywheel to make it easier on the synchros. Oh. It's still the same, same transmission. transmission. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of like tra- guys that track them that are very wary of how long they will last under those circumstances, unlike the previous ones, which actually do last a long time. I'm sure that there will be a... Uh either like a retrofit kit for the NB Miatas, because the NB Miata transmission is the one to have, even in like the RX-7s, the FC RX-7, the NB Miata transmission was the one that everybody was retrofitting. Um, so either that or they're going to come out with like a you know heavy-duty kit. Oh, I'm uh, sure. You know, Gearstar or somebody's going to come out with a... But then you're, you're kind of defeating the purpose of the Miata being like the cheap option. Because you're gonna add, you know, a couple grand on top for a nice built transmission. Yeah, I mean, which I mean, it's not the that, biggest of deals, but it's still. I mean, it's, it's either that or you don't track it. So yeah, you know. Um, and then you know, I I mentioned that the NC Miata came with a couple different engine options, which is true in every other country except ours. 
Well, we so, live here. Yeah, so. I know. It's, I, I, I obviously had seen that on Wikipedia or something at some point. So that's, that's where that yeah. came from in my mind. So I wasn't completely wrong. That's, that's all. You that's were fair. technically correct. Technically correct. <laughs> it's the best kind of the correct. The best kind of correct is. What are you drinking, Jordan? We kind of skipped that. Oh, we bit. did kind of <laughs> skip that. Uh, this is a uh, Hardywood Christmas morning that was generous. Or no, this is Christmas pancakes Yeah, uh, that Corey generously gave me. Uh, it is gingerbread stout with maple, uh, and it's freaking awesome. It's they got, delicious, They got it? the maple balance, like, perfect. Yeah, it is not overpowering. Good. It's great. It's real good this year. Love yeah. it. What you got, Corey? I am drinking uh, Voodoo Rangers Imperial IPA. Uh, not my favorite, but it's fine. It's fine. It's beer. Yeah, that's a hard pass it's for me. Beer. I, I don't care for Imperial IPAs at all. Um, I do actually like Imperial IPAs most of the time. Um, I think we talked about we talked about Voodoo Ranger on the, the last yeah, episode, yeah. and uh, I think I mentioned I I'm not a super big fan of most of what they do. This one's okay. Uh, this was this six pack was actually a gift. Uh, f- from my mom for Christmas. Every beer is every free beer is good beer. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it was it was a gift from my mom for Christmas. Uh, it was it was funny. I she called me. Uh, she was planning for a party. Uh, and she says, uh, she's got some beer drinkers that are coming. It was like their their Christmas party with like some of their friends or whatever. So she asked me for some, for some beer recommendations. And she called me and was like, "What is good beer?" Or like something very generic like that. And I was like. <laughs> Ma, ma, how much time do you have? Like, I, well, that's like I, saying, what car should I buy? It's like, okay, I need a little yeah. more guidance than that. Yeah, yeah. So finally she was like, well, I want an IPA. I was like, okay, like, uh, go to the store and look for something with the words Voodoo Ranger on it and pick up what you find and that will be fine. Like, or, um, Pocahoptus is good. Nah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, not you for like not for noob. No, but for like introducing people to IPAs. You don't think well, so? No, no. Hmm. Well, the the point was she had people coming to the house that were into IPAs that like wanted like that would enjoy an IPA. Right? Yeah, and so uh, I think I mentioned Pocahontas. There was another. It was like eight food. point from uh, Devil's Backbone. Eight point or sixteen. No, point. like a, a whole a whole another brewery that is big on IPAs. Like Stone. I think it was Stone. Stone oh yeah, Fear Movie Lions. Um. Voodoo Ranger and and some other Lagunitas has a lot of good IPAs. Lagun- um, it might have been Lagunitas. What, who does Citradelic? Um, is that New Belgium? That's, I think no. that is. It's oh, either Terrapin or Terrapin also um, does have a lot of good IPAs. Deschutes. No, who does Citradelic? It's either New Belgium. I think it's or New Belgium. Belgium. I think it is New Belgium. Um, Deschutes. What does Deschutes do? A little squeezy. Oh yeah, a little something, so a little something good. hazy. Too. They're so good. Yeah, the whole those, series is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was Lagunitas and Voodoo Ranger. I recommend. It. I you like, should have told her to get the Triple Crossing. Okay. Yes, that's actually what, that's actually what I did say. I said if you can find something that has the words Triple Crossing on it, yeah, buy as much of it as you like can afford. But, they don't sell those in but any. any you place have to other go to the brewery. brewery. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Although they did just, uh, they did just yesterday begin home delivery service again. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Shout out to the Triple Crossing on Midlothian. I was in there last week for lunch, uh, and was greeted by name. And it's been open for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. <laughs> 
so I'm drinking out of this glass. This, I guess it's probably actually a Pilsner glass, but I love this glass. It's great. Except when you get down to about this much beer, you can get an air pocket Ooh. right down at the bottom. Like boot style. Yeah. And if, if you're not careful when you tip the glass back uh, up after taking a sip, it it'll, pops. It'll go bladunk. <laughs> bladunk. You directly in the eyeball, which is what just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Going back to Triple Crossing, I need to shout out yep. Triple Crossing's uh, Interstellar Burst. Yeah, man, because it's the best IPA in the world, hands I down. I disagree, but I really? also, but yes. I do enjoy it quite a bit. I I am not familiar with this beer. It's it's uh it's either a double or a juicy IPA, and it is a limited release. It comes around every so often. It, I think they do it like twice a year. Something like that. Um, and I, I drink the crap out of it every time it comes around yeah, because it's it's, good, it's like Falcon Smash uh, with like extra orange juice in it almost. It's an 8% IPA. And I, I don't remember if it's a double or if it's a hazy or maybe it's both, but it tastes like both. It feels like both. And that's why I like it so much. It it's, is. It's, like, the, it's really good. It's like the juiciest juicy IPA. That I've ever had, and it just has so much of that like orange juice feel to it, and that's that's really what my favorite IPAs are. Uh, but yeah, Interstellar Burst is really good. Um, to me, though, no, it can't compete with Green Dreams. Green Dreams is just the absolute shiznit from Triple Crossing. I honestly lose track of which one is which when I go there, because like, I feel like the the beers are not all of, all the same, but I often cannot remember the the which name goes with which beer and would mm. like you know i feel like that a lot of the descriptions are like hazy ipa hazy yeah, ipa yeah. hazy juicy ipa double ipa double hazy juicy IPA. like you know it's like what in the world it's either that or they get really really into like the very specific hops and the region that the hops came mm-hmm. from and it's just like i'm not paying attention to that crap yeah but... it's like it's like th- these beers are identical except one variant of hop yeah yeah and it's like like can you really tell no I, yeah it's delicious but no yeah like... i will say that a lot of those like the a lot of the juicy and hazy ipas that they do are very similar mm-hmm. but you know the difference between the Falcon Smash and the Intergalactic and the Interstellar Burst, and even the Green Dreams. I wouldn't even me, call Falcon Smash a hazy IPA. It's just a good IPA. You don't think it's a hazy? It's pretty it's, hazy. It's more hazy than most, but I it's not quite there. You know, okay. it's like an entry level. It, to, it's like the gateway. Hazy if you drink IPA. it slowly enough, you do get that nice little layer of sand at the bottom. Yeah. Um. But you also I, get that on Hefeweizens, though. Do you? And and wheat beers. Well, only only like the wheatiest of wheat beers. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, my I. So it's it's like almost impossible to pick your favorite beer ever, right? Like no, nope. for sure. Interstellar burst. Just 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 in general, it's a very difficult thing to do. Maybe for maybe for you plebs. Like you I, can't I compare gingerbread stout to green dreams. Like they're different things. Right. And I like and them both. like. How many special release beers have you had? Oh, it's like un- innumerable. I, you don't even remember them. Like the, yeah, the okay. amount of like little black book beers that I've had. That, yeah, like, I just yeah, I don't even remember. That's why like, Untapped exists. Well, okay, yeah, but still, like, but they don't come back though. That, they don't I think come that's back. The point yeah, he's yeah. Trying to make. You, yeah. You, you never see them again or anything like that. M- my favorite memory of a, my of a really good beer that I had. So I, I don't want to say it's my favorite beer because you know it'll never come back. I'll sure, never have it again. In 2012, 
when the world was ending. Do you remember everybody put out the their end of the world beers? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like every brewery put out like a the world is ending beer, right? I, I don't remember that. Oh man, there was so many of them. There was a lot, so many yeah. of them. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe you. I just I don't remember that for some reason. I, um, what was I doing in 2012? Jesus, what is the name of that that brewery? Was that I 21 in 2012? Do the math, bro. What you were born in eighty eight, right? Yeah. Yes, you were. Yeah, you okay. would have been twenty four. What really? That's how math works, my guy. man. Whatever. Come at me. Because <laughs> I mean, I graduated in s- seven. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in twenty two thousand twelve, you'd have if you were born in eighty eight, you probably would have been twenty four, maybe twenty three. Sure. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, I. All of a sudden, cannot for the life of me remember the name of the brewery that did it. It was. It might have been Shocked Up. Hmm. Did because they 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 do a bunch of like crazy wheat beers, right? Yes. They yeah, do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They have like yeah. So I used to love them a lot. I've I've fallen out of love with most of their stuff at this point now because I am on to bigger and better beers. But they put out their end of the world beer that was made with midnight wheat, and oh my, it was like a tan colored or a very deep tan colored wheat beer that was like just a little bit roasty and malty but it was still all hefeweizen-y and weedy almost crossing into brown or yeah yeah. oh my gosh and it was like it had just this incredible mouthfeel dude i i think i drank a whole case of it Uh like in like three days it was so good and I just like randomly picked it up. I was like, "Oh, new wheat beer!" Yeah. End of the. And it had some ridiculous name too. You know, I something the world is ending. Whatever, mm. but I'll never find it again because it was this yeah, crazy yeah. one-time limited release. They were and, probably like dumping all of their, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. they. What are those things that they you make beer in the big uh, tank? Well, okay, sure. <laughs> they were probably brew just tank? yeah, probably just dumping all of their brew tanks into bottles at that point because yeah. they're like, hey, we're not going to be around yeah. next right, month. Right, right, right. That stuff was delicious. I do like Shock Tops, but I like the fruitier ones. Like, they had like a raspberry lemonade uh, wheat beer oh, one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they do some Rattlers from time to time. Um, it's hard to get a good Rattler. Like, they're very hit or miss. Have you, have you ever had the Samuel Adams Porch Rocker? I think yes. so. That is my favorite Rattler. That one is like it's really like you, you're correct. Rattlers are are real. There's like a there's like a real like like balancing. You know, there's a really fine point where Rattlers are good, and then they're either you know too bitter this way or too like what weedy or whatever the other yeah. way. Rattlers are just beers that are like aged on fruit, right? It, no, Essentially. it's it's literally hat. Well. In Germany, when you make a Rodler, it's like half beer, half lemonade or lemon soda. Oh, okay. oh. interesting. Yeah. Or, or lemon or like orange or grapefruit, but yeah. like a, a fruit soda. Interesting. Rand, Randall is the word that I'm thinking of. Sorry. Mm. So yeah, the the crazy fruit infused beer yeah, mechanism yeah. that they have. It. Yeah. Do you do you remember this? No. At Jack Brown's, they used to have this thing called the Randall, or the I don't think it was, it was called it the was, Randaller. It was the Randall. Just oh, Randler, yeah, no, the Randler, it was a, a beer, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was, oh. it's a device. It's, yeah, so it was okay. this machine. They used to take the tap head off of the tap at the bar, p- screw a hose onto it, 
put that hose into this okay. device that would sit on the counter. Gotcha. That you would then fill like this big column full of fruit of whatever kind or, you know, anything. So it's a beer gria. But, but yeah. yeah. So, so then you would, you would like open the valve or like, or like, uh, tap the beer or whatever and beer would come through the line and and infuse through the fruit wow. the fruit and then there was a tap handle on the front of it it was dope it was cool. awesome so every monday i think i think it was mondays at like at like 2 2 in the afternoon or something like that uh james who used to work at jack brown who remember james no he was before my time anyways he used to set this thing up and fill it with fruit and then just whatever beer mm-hmm. and at the end of the night, after that keg was gone, we would open the thing up and eat the fruit. So I'd like, <laughs> if I, I would, I often closed down the bar with him, you know, that on Monday nights or whatever. Right. And we would just sit there and like, you know, he, he'd get a spoon out and just spoon me a cup full of fruit and I'd just sit there <laughs> and eat a bowl full of boozy strawberries. We're just getting turned on blueberries. Dude, yes, yes. It was amazing. It was so good. And he used to just experiment with wild stuff. I don't even remember any any of the flavors or anything like that, but it was just it was always really really interesting stuff. That sounds really cool. It was awesome, and then like it broke or he was terminated, and nobody ever did it again. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, dang it. This has been another episode of Beer and Backfire podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and Backfire. We're also on Facebook. We have an email address, uh, Beer and Backfire podcast at gmail.com. It's just beer, <laughs> beer and backfire at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the daily downshift. I also have a blog, uh, the daily downshift.blogspot.com. Uh, you can find Corey at c.crehan for pictures of good food, ripped pants, and a very large puppy. Uh, you can find Pierce at Savedro88 and Free Candy Media. Thanks for listening. Like yeah, yeah. the Falcon Smash was my favorite for the longest time, and then whoa, whoa, whoa. for the longest time, <laughs> whoa, 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 for the longest. If time. you can, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew the actual. Words I, was gonna, I, was, I was gonna. I was trying to think of them so that I could if come in. You say goodbye, goodbye to me today. today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going in the blooper reel at the end. <laughs>